Alright, hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Engine Cooling Podcast. We at Horton have developed this podcast. We will be bringing on engine cooling experts from around our company and from around the world to talk about the latest in engine cooling. You can expect a new episode a couple every month as we roll this off the ground, but we want this to be a conversation. And if you have any topics you'd like us to discuss, any questions you'd like our team to answer, we will definitely tackle them. I'm Phil Irvin. I am the content marketing manager at Horton. And today I'm going to be joined by a couple of our aftermarket experts, Matt Stahl and Dale Johnson. Matt is an on-highway product manager at Horton. He's been in the industry for over 10 years and is really an expert on all things trucking as it pertains to ending cooling. Dale Johnson, he's been with us for over 30 years and the U.S. Air Force vet uh, has worked a lot of those years as a field services representative. He's seen it all, probably one of the most knowledgeable cooling experts in North America, at least when it comes to heavy duty. What are they going to be talking about? Well, remanufacturing is on the rise, as a lot of you know, and with that comes the potential for credit from a core exchange program. Not all core exchange programs, however, are created equally. So we dive into how core exchange programs work, how they play into remanufacturing, and then we dive into Horton's core exchange program, which was recently revamped to provide a little bit of an example. So enjoy today's podcast. Today, we're talking about cores and specifically how core exchange programs work. Uh, Horton has one. We've recently changed it, so we're going to get into the details of that. Um, But want to kind of just provide some general information on on how the process works and how it can help you solve some of your challenges as well. And to discuss that with us today, we have Matt Stahl, who's our on-highway product manager. Matt has been in this industry for over a decade. He's a fountain of knowledge. He's been with Horton almost eight years. Uh, if you round up, uh, he has he's our product manager, like I mentioned, has project management experience, and he has an engineering background. So um, he's really kind of tackled things from all sides in his career and has some really good information to share with you guys today graduate of South Dakota State University. He's a South Dakota guy, just like Dale, who has three decades of industry experience, um, has been with Horton for over 30 years and uh, has served in, I don't know, Dale, is there a job at Horton that you haven't done yet? Probably not, but um, he works as our field services rep right now and he is kind of Mr. Training when it comes to the aftermarket and engine cooling. Uh, So a fountain of knowledge as well. Like I said, a South, uh, South Dakota guy and also a veteran of the United States Air Force. So appreciate you guys taking a couple minutes to, to educate our, our aftermarket friends today, Matt and Dale. And with that, I'm going to throw it over to Matt. He'll go into a little more detail on just exactly what we're going to discuss um, in today's conversation. Perfect. Thanks, Phil. Uh, and good morning to everybody. I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to come uh, hang out with us. For a little bit as we talk about core exchange programs and how they relate to remanufactured parts, the benefits of remanufactured parts, and some of the things we've been working at in, in within Horton uh, to make things easier on the core policy. So we've made some updates this year. I think you guys will be excited about it. 
So when we get into a core program, as this relates to remanufactured parts, let's go over a little bit of the basics in case you're not familiar with it. Um, it typically, it, it all stems from a customer purchasing a remanufactured part. Um, quite a few of the parts on, especially within the diesel engines and the commercial vehicle market, uh, they utilize remanufactured parts because the parts content uh, that of that initial content that's going out is so expensive. Um, a lot of casted materials that will go to waste if you didn't have a remanufactured parts program. If the customer chooses to uh, purchase a remanufactured part, they're required to turn in the old core for credit and that core gets shipped back to the manufacturer where it's determined if it's eligible or not. Um, this is where there's a lot of differences between core programs uh, and the amount of detail that might or may or may not go into um, determining, determining if the core is actually eligible to be reused. Um, this is the one area that we're really striving to, to simplify as it can be the one where there's a lot of gray area. Um, it's really objective depending on who's looking on it, looking at the part to make sure if it's eligible or not. So we're aiming to simplify that piece. Customers um, then are provided credit if the core is deemed to be good. And then that reusable core goes back into the remanufacturing process. And at Horton, um, we, we use the same stringent uh, quality requirements that we use in new production as we're looking at these remanufactured parts. So the remanufactured part is tore down from a complete core, completely cleaned, inspected. Um, all the high tolerance areas are re-inspected. And if, a, and if any of those things don't meet the original print, the part is scrapped and it's replaced with a new component. Um, so I wanted to hit on that a little bit too. It's, uh, we, we always love to get the best parts back, as, uh, the best parts as possible so that we can use, reutilize as many remanufactured parts as possible, keep the cost down at that point. But if the part is deemed to not be acceptable, it's not included back into a remanufactured drive. We'll move to the next slide. I should mention if you have any questions as we go along, throw them in chat. There's a questions field you can use well. Uh, that just comes to us as the moderators. We'll answer those as we go along and then we'll have some time for Q&A uh, via those methods at the end. Sorry for interrupting, Matt. Please continue. No worries. So core programs and well, remanufactured parts in general, they're, they're not created equal. Um, there's a lot of positives to them as it usually lowers your cost of purchase for that repair. Um, but it's also, when you're buying a full part, especially with a fan drive, uh, you're buying that full remand, you're able to just remove the old fan drive, throw it in the box, ship it out, and put this new fan drive on, and skip that whole um, extensive repair cycle. Um, so those couple hours that you, you need to use um, the whole repair kit to repair your drive uh, could be completely eliminated by just taking the remand, popping it in there, taking the old one out and, and shipping it back. Um, and also the, sustain, the sustainability piece of a remand is great. Um, and and it, it really avoids getting that old fan drive from um, having misrepairs or anything go wrong with it where you end up having to just to throw it out. Um, we love to get that back, refresh it and send it back out. Um, but the negatives, as I kind of mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, they can become cumbersome, especially with programs that have multiple levels of credit, um, very specific uh, detailed credit approval uh, and core approval pieces. So um, we 
that's where we wanted to simplify it as much as possible and it just make it black or white. Um, also, it, it, doing that, it, it really gets rid of that subjective core uh, approval process. So we get it down to, is the drive in a good condition and is it coming in an off truck condition is what we're aiming for. Um, we just don't want you doing anything intentionally to it, uh, like welding a, a lifting eye to the top of the bracket or something like that. So um, we're trying to simplify as much as possible um, because we know that some of those core programs can be very cumbersome. And another thing we noticed here recently um, from the recent TMC State of Heavy Duty Repairs survey that came out is Reman can and can hit on a couple of these uh, top challenges that these you guys shops are, are looking at right now. Um, so it would be interesting to hear from you folks today if, if any of these top three challenges it run into either be hiring technicians, inefficient repairs, or inventory management hit on the on your top three. Um, so we threw a couple uh, just a bullet up here for you to take a quick poll and, and see what the results are from this group today. Okay, so we got a couple results coming in here. We'll give it just another few seconds for folks. Thank you for voting. Over half of our attendees have voted. I'll be honest, this is the first time we've tried one of these polls, so. Good, okay. So now I should be able to publish it and we should be able to see the, you should all be able to see the results here in just a minute. So somewhat similar to what we saw in TMC with, with hiring techs definitely being, yeah. you know, number one. Yeah, and that's, that's this is a great feedback. Hiring technicians and inventory management, I think both of them are great ones to hit on it, especially with hiring technicians and getting some of these newer technicians in. Um, when it comes down to a remand, it makes that installation process as, as easy as possible, um, where you're just swapping it out, where you don't have to get any specialized training um, uh, and really have to get into the details of doing an actual fan clutch repair. Um, because when you get into the, the first time doing it, it could be a couple hours where someone that does it really often, it, it could be very fast for them. But um, it's one of those things when you're getting new technicians in, especially with uh, having the difficulty of hiring them right now, that the remand could alleviate some of that um, training piece of it where it's not one additional thing that they would figure out or, or need to know how to do um, to kind of eliminate that fan clutch repair piece of it. All right, I think, uh, yeah, I'll throw it over to Dale now. Okay, thank you again, uh, Matt and uh, Phil that said, thanks for attending. Um, Matt had touched on the uh, Y remand and the sustainability and uh, Horton has been making remands for 30 years. So <laughs> they've been green before making uh, green, before green was popular. So that's, uh, it's uh, just something that we've always done and, and always uh, to, and, and the components that we use for, you know, reman, basically 
all the the main the, the uh, more critical components are all 100% new. Basically, we reuse the pulley and the bracket and and maybe part of the clutch housing, and that's about it. So uh, so uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, really a great product. And as the field service manager, I'm the guy who gets the call <laughs> when uh, when the part breaks down or or if there's an issue with it. And believe me, the the remand is the way to go. Um, with the uh, the uh, the warranty, uh, with the the warranty on on the kit versus the reman, and uh, basically, if you you replace it with a a new reman, you get a depending on the application, a three year three hundred fifty thousand mile warranty. With a kit, it's always just a one year warranty. So so and uh, so that's a you know just that within itself is is a is a great deal and one thing it helps to turn over the base faster for example the average uh, remove and replace repair is about two and a half to three hours and uh, so you can get that truck in there and get it out if you want to put a kit in it it takes about another hour uh 45 minutes to an hour and uh and and so by the time you're done, you got three and a half, three and three to three and a half hours with that bay tied up where you can get it in and out. Plus you get the extra, you know, the extra warranty and um, inefficient repairs. I know it wasn't a big thing on the pole, but uh, even as a 30 year veteran that uh, I've, I've, I've made a mistake or two in my lifetime. So in my career at Horton, so it happens. And uh, when you get those customer callbacks, it's not, uh, it's it's the most efficient repair, get that in and out of the bay and the bay is available for the next truck. And you got that truck on the road and the customer's happy. Then we also have, you know, the quick ship warehouses are, you know, most anywhere in the US that you can use the quick ship warehouses and it's one to two day shipping and it's uh, no next day air, you know, given it's in there. And if the, uh, our regional managers can uh, also, um, they can regulate and, and uh, customize the, the inventory in the quick ship warehouses to get it to you as soon as possible. So, but uh, anyhow, that, that pretty much sums up, you know, the the why remand part of it with the remand parts, and uh, you know the the core policy itself. It's uh, been updated here for 2021. Um, there's no middle tier. Basically, there was a partial credit or uh, you know or or a no credit. You know, so we basically eliminated the middle tier. So as long as uh, the, the complete unit is returned. So if you have a competitor where it might have a clutch head and uh, and a uh, and a drive hub, we need the whole thing back in order for you to get full credit, and uh, and it has to be basically returned in the off truck you know condition. Uh, full credit will be issued. Uh, it's like you know no welding or sawing or grinding or dropping it off a building or you know, bouncing it got off the pavement somewhere, whatever, uh, basically no intentional damage and uh, you're gonna get credit. And if if there is some issue, um, you can contact uh, Horton or a representative of Horton and uh, we'll see what we can do to help you out. So. And uh, one thing that some people don't know, but uh, we accept all, competitor core back 
and uh, any make model unit. And you see examples here on the screen, all the way from uh, Bendix to Borg Warner to the old Cool Logic to the Linux. We accept it all back, obviously along with the Horton Core, and uh, in that we also that you know we we need the whole unit back uh, we can't just have the like if it's electronic sensing viscous we can't just uh, give you credit if we get just uh, the viscous part of it back we need the whole unit back and it doesn't have to be like for like like uh, for example if you if say you're short a core and it happens you know and you happen to have one sitting over there in the shop yeah go ahead and throw it in the box and send it in you know and uh, and you we can take care of you anyway and like i said if there's a question or issues that come up you can contact you know either your regional manager your horton rep or or, or horton at the 800 number and we'll do whatever we can to help you out with it so uh and you know from the competitor's standpoint that like i said and it's like for like so we're good to go and we're pretty easy to get along with at, from the core standpoint and we'll we'll work it out Dale, I wanted to ask you, going back to, you know, just some of the sort of, I guess, unacceptable damage that that maybe you've seen in the past. I mean, what are some of the the craziest things you've seen people do to to try to get their clutches off and then and then turn them in as as a core that that you know crosses that line of where it's not something that can be remanufactured anymore? Well, I've seen you know something even alternators thrown in a box but uh, to that but one of the one of the most unique things with our older hts style clutch where it's cast iron and it's very hard to weld and that guy welded the fan mounting disc the friction disc to the pulley it was the most beautiful bead i'd ever seen in my life and i grew up <laughs> in manufacturing and welding and that that was most uh another interesting thing is that the clutch had worn out and they had uh i don't know what they had done but i think they took a spool of wire and they wrapped it around the inside of the clutch and i think they started up the engine and like spun the <laughs> the, the wire around the clutch and spooled it off of the uh the the uh the spool of wire because it was tight on there and uh and uh, obviously it damaged a whole lot of things and you couldn't work it uh, work, <laughs> work with it but yeah there's there's been some interesting things everything like i said i've even have clutch trans or transmission clutches that have been shipped back for core but uh anyhow so there's there's a uh, i could go on for um, a, another 20 minutes probably but uh, we'll leave it at that yeah they've definitely seen a little bit of everything in the the qualification uh station at our our remand oh. plant in britain south dakota for sure yeah yeah just one other thing i wanted to mention too is yeah. that that uh you know if it, it comes back in the right box and it does i've heard that question too where it has to be in a horton box and and the thing is is that like dealers and or distributors usually they might have a central core return center but they'll ship it directly back to Horton from store to store. Whereas the OE dealerships, they have the core return center and it goes into the core return center, you know, from the dealership to the core return center. And then, you know, by a truckload or a half a pallet, whatever it is that uh, they, they send into Horton. So, so there's some times where we, we won't see the core, you know, for, uh, a month or two at a time you know just depending on but but the process with the distributor and dealer is a little bit different um 
but because uh, some of the stores send the, the core directly back and and be sure to send it to the address on the core slip because even here in the Roseville the main office where I'm now located it's probably every other week I get a core back <laughs> here and then it um, then I have to ship it or they ship it to Britain, which can delay your core credit. So if you're a single store or something like that, just make sure you ship it to the right location because uh, sometimes, uh, and it just delays your core credit. So just, sure. just do those. So just a little bit in the, with the process. So. Yeah, no, those are really good points to bring up. And um, it can get kind of complicated in a hurry, like we've talked about. Um, you know, just because of all the, the different steps that go in the process. But Matt, you, as the product manager, really kind of have your finger on the pulse of, of what's going on in the aftermarket. And um, it seems like, you know, the more you can kind of reduce complexity and make things uh, simpler, the better it ends up for everybody. And that seems to kind of be the reason that, that Horton's done what it's done with it and, and that we've seen be successful in, in a lot of areas kind of across the board as, as our business continues to evolve, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things where we keyed in on one of the, the biggest pain points was was having that um, middle tier in there uh, with very specific things that you'd have to look at. Um, everyone would look at them just a little bit different, whether it be at the customer, the end customer, or the dealer, the distributor, or the core center. Um, everyone would have a little bit different take on it. And then so there's that gray area that we just wanted to eliminate um, and get it down to this get us your core back in as best a condition as possible um, and no intentional damage uh, and you'll get your, you'll get your full credit. Um, and getting it back and, and making this things as easy as possible, straightforward for getting your credit back faster that way too. Absolutely. Well, that is all we have in terms of today's presentation. I have not seen any questions come through uh, as of yet, but we will give folks a minute. If you've got a question, throw it in chat, type it in. Uh, this is your time. Uh, I think we're scheduled for 45 minutes today, um, so we're well under that time and happy to give folks a, um, you know, a few minutes back. Every minute counts these days, it seems like, but if you have any questions, uh, throw them at us right now. Um, I guess while we're waiting for those to come in, we can talk about our next webinar. Don't have a date yet, but keep an eye on your inbox and Horton's social media channels, as well as HortonWW.com. Um, that one's going to be talking about viscous-driven fan drives, a new technology that most of you, I'm sure, have heard about and, and maybe starting to see you know, coming through more often. Uh, more and more trucks are using this variable speed technology that's uh, driven by viscous uh, operations uh, that communicates directly with the truck's ECM and provides really optimized cooling. Um, we have a couple in-house experts, including Matt and Dale, who will be able to tell you a lot more about that uh, sometime in April of 2021. Um, we are also open to ideas. Like we said, we're just starting this out. We want to do this once a month. So if you have any uh, questions or conversations you'd like to see us tackle in kind of a broader sense like we have today, uh, happy to do it. Always open to, to ideas. We want this to provide as much as much value as possible. Finally, you, you heard Dale say he, he goes out and does a lot of trainings and with, you know, the way the world is right now with COVID-19 and um, just kind of the way everything's going. We know everybody's sort of handling stuff a little different. Uh, but if you need some sort of virtual training for 
for your shop or your folks, Dale's always happy to do that. Um, you can get in touch with him. Um, Matt's a good resource too. Feel free to look him up on LinkedIn. He's pretty active on there. If, if you're online on LinkedIn at all, that's a good way to get a hold of Matt. Um, but what's the best way to get a hold of you, Dale? Folks want to do kind of a more one-on-one -on -one intimate training, whether yeah. it's about cores or remands or anything else. Yeah, you can um, you can uh, you can contact me at the 800 number and ask for Dale Johnson. <laughs> but uh, also, you can get in contact with you know your your local Horton rep if you know them or the regional managers, and be more than happy to set up whether it be in person webinar uh, type training. Uh, you know about any any Horton products or any process, anything we want to discuss or information you know that uh, you'd like more clarification on. But uh, yeah, I would say the best way you know and you know if you wanted to uh, put my email address up, you can go ahead and Dale Johnson at Horton com and you know and uh, and and drop me an email. I'll be more than happy to. Uh, to discuss anything, but it usually works best to go through the local guy or the the rep or the or the the Horton regional manager and get it set up, or just drop the line to call Horton, the you know what 800 number and and ask for Dale. They'll know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> there is no doubt about that. Um, great. So we've had a couple questions come in. You mentioned warehouses available for parts that aren't in dealer or distributor inventory. Can you touch on that further? I suppose either of you could probably take that. So I don't know if you guys want to flip a coin or fight over it or what, but uh, if one of you wants to take that, that'd be great. Go ahead, Matt. Sure. Yeah. So we have quick uh, we have uh, quick trip warehouses in both the U.S. and Canada. Um, a lot of the top running remand drives are are stocked in those quick trip warehouses. Um, so that is something that would be available for going online and you and we can we have an inventory viewer that you can use to view um if you know the specific part number you can view and see which inventories that where they'd be available um so and if you're close to one of the quick ship warehouses there's also a will call uh pickup availability as well and uh so if you do find one it's something you could reference in your order that you place um that you'd want to get it shipped from there. And usually customer service, when they see an order come in, uh, they, they key into being able to utilize those quick ship warehouses to get it to you as fast as possible anyways. Um, but it's something you can also mention when you're placing orders. Yeah, and like like we'd said earlier, that it's also customizable for, as we know that different areas of the country have different makes and models of trucks. and. And if there's not something in there that you use very common and yeah, you know, we can customize the inventory in there to suit suit, you know, specific needs. So that would it's a it's a, a great tool that's been very beneficial to us and our customers. So if you need more info on that too, I just threw a link into the chat, but it's just hortonww.com slash quickship. A little more detail on everything um, in terms of that program. We've had a few more questions come in. This is awesome. Appreciate it, everybody. Can a clutch be returned with the clutch off the bracket as long as everything is in the box, or does the tech need to actually bolt the clutch back onto the bracket? It can come um, fully assembled or fully disassembled as long as all the parts are included and you get it all back in the box and the ship that way. Um, we know we run into the scenarios where uh, we first decided to try to attempt a repair. Um, and you get into it and realize that's not something that you're interested in doing anymore. 
Um, we have that as often actually. It, it gets a little more complicated than you want to, you're comfortable with for getting everything back together um, as, as a possible scenario. So we'll see drives come back uh, separate, but as long as you're providing all those parts back in the box, um, we will accept it um, separated, separated as well. Yeah, you don't need to include the liner screws or the, those. Yeah, I want to get some okay. of the minor stuff, right? <laughs> Just the major components. So, it, yeah, that's a that's a great question. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for that question, Gary. Another one. This one's from Ross. What about the situation where you have a bearing seized in the pulley um, and it came apart, but everything is there? That's something that we uh, we would accept uh, bringing back all those uh, individual components back in there um, as it is an off truck condition, even though that it ended up getting to a, a bearing seizure. seizure um, we're, what we're looking for is that intentional damage. Um, we don't, that's the stuff we wanna avoid. Um, but yeah, if, we're, if it's something where we get those parts all in the same box and back, um, we'll inspect and see which parts are still good and keep those and the rest of them will be replaced um, as needed. Awesome, thanks. So this next one's from Pedro. Pedro asks, some customers uh, decide they'd like to have the core back after um, a warranty claim is denied. So they're asking, is there a way to add a step where the distributors um, could ask a second time if we want the, the core back? I'm not sure if that's something you guys have ever run into. Um, so so if a warranty is, uh, make sure I understand the question, the warrant is denied and the customer wants a core back. As far as the warranty process goes, if it's returned in for warranty and it is denied, the, the part will be shipped back to the customer. The, the denial, as long as they fill out the form correctly, the warranty form has a said, you know, for return part, if, if rejected, if if you know if warranty isn't approved that there's a checkbox whether it be at the oe you know at a dealer oe dealer or a distributor parts distributor or or, or warehouse whatever you want that uh, that if they're filing warranty for you then they need to check the box and make and if it's rejected the part will be returned to the to the the customer filing the warranty or to the the Horton dealer so uh, okay. that's from that standpoint awesome yeah Pedro I, I believe that should answer your question if I interpreted it correctly um, but if 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 it didn't feel free to ask a follow-up question or shoot us shoot me a chat and uh, we'll make sure we get that answered for you um, Mark asks what is the standard uh, replacement time uh, f that it takes for a reman replacement. Great question. About, I, in my opinion, it's about two and a half to three hours on a stand, standard R and R remove and replace, and it it depends on some vehicles. Most vehicles, it's two and a half to three hours. Uh, with some some specific vehicles, vehicles are a little tighter in there. You might have to take off a few more components. But uh, within three and a half hours on an average, you could get anything done. But, uh, you know, the tough ones could take three and a half, but I would say two and a half hours is a pretty much norm. Sure. I'll ask a follow-up to that. How does that compare to if you're, you're using a rebuild kit, for example? Uh, normally with, a, you know, it, on an average, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour 
to rebuild it. I can probably do it in a half an hour, but I've been doing it for 30 years. But uh, but it it's it, to do it right and you know follow all the steps and in, in the torque specification. It it takes an 45 minutes to an hour. So you add you know average shop is about $125 an hour. So between the cost of a, a reman versus a kit plus the extra hour of labor, then uh, you're, yep. you're pretty much at a wash. You know? Yep, because then you have to rebuild it and then you still have to put it back on. Yeah, so yeah, so you, you're, you're, you're adding another hour to an hour and a half or 45 minutes to an hour to your, you're already, you know, two and a half hours average of remove and replace, so. Absolutely. Good. So another question. This one's from Jeremy. What happens when a bearing has failed and caused the unit to come apart and it possibly goes through the radiator and causes pulley or shaft damage? I assume that's in reference to, is that still something that can be, be turned in for core credit? I don't know which one of you wants to tackle that. Go ahead, Matt. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, the same thing is it's uh, as, as a little bit earlier with a bearing seizure piece, um, as long as we're getting all those parts back in the same box, um, that's where we're trying to get everything back where it wasn't intentional. So um, that would be one that we, we would uh, accept. And obviously we wanna, we wanna be getting uh, the best core possible back. So uh, when we see those ones come in, there's they're likely we're not gonna be able to use the uh, either the bearer, the pulley or the journal bracket um but that that's going to be acceptable now and we're not looking to um nitpick on on chips and the other things that we've done in the past on the middle tier um and something like that as, as well as we're going to be accepted so we're, we're basically moving the line all the way down to as long as you're not intentionally doing something to it um it's going to be accepted yeah the the core receiving area they're very well schooled in in knowing what is intentional and non-intentional they've they've uh, you know they do it every day and we got probably two maybe two or three people that receive all the core in and they know they know what would be intentional and they they would know you know the difference between something that was off the truck condition as we stated versus uh, intentional damage so they're they're well schooled in in inspecting it and and uh and determining whether or not it's uh it's just off truck condition sure thanks for that question jeremy uh another warranty question so what is the warranty on reman units currently for horton Okay, my my it's the warranty is that over the road truck basically spends eighty percent of its time on the road, is three years three hundred and fifty thousand miles for a new reman going in, and that's a parts only warranty. It, it doesn't cover any labor for obvious reasons. The labor's only covered in the first year, uh, as far as a normal OEM warranty parts and labor the first year in the depending on where they got extended uh, warranty through through fleets or, or through the dealership then th that's handled at the dealer so basically that's you know from that standpoint and then the kit warranty is one year 100,000 miles that's it that, that's it no no matter what if you have a vocational application the remand warranty is one year 100,000 miles and and that would be considered something that spends basically um, less than 80% of its time on the road, dump trucks, garbage trucks, cement trucks, uh, 
it and anything that's used in that in that manner. So and medium duty is also considered uh, one year one hundred thousand miles. Sure. Awesome. Well, you you read one of our other questioners' minds because they were asking uh, to compare it to to kits. So I think you covered it there. So thanks for that, Dale. Um, another question about you know kind of specific damage that can happen if the fan comes apart and goes through the radiator. Is this something Horton contributes to cover the expense? I know we don't barely ever see that anymore, but um, I'm not sure if one of you kind of want to speak to that. I can go ahead. Um, the warranty, what we call con, um, uh, contingent damage or su subsequent damage, progressive damage, however you want to describe it, that's handled on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, the first year, 100,000 miles is strictly through the dealership as far as a new OEM product. Anything after that, if there's any uh, what we call progressive or, or subsequent damage that uh, get a hold of your Horton regional manager or rep, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. That that's how anything like that after after the two year, uh, you know, after the first year warranty, like I said, is how it's OEM product. You know, first year on the truck, it's handled completely through the dealer. And uh, anything after that, the second year, if it's not covered through the dealer or extended warranties, then Horton will address those on a case-by-case -case basis. So that's that's a normal process, and uh, and that's where we go from that standpoint. Perfect. That was from Jessica. Thanks for that question, Jessica. I think this is the last one, unless anyone else wants to throw one in. We've got just a few minutes left, but this is from Larry, um, kind of just about the process itself. If you're sending in just a core, does it get returned the same as a warranty core? Or I guess he's asking, is the process a little different? The warranty versus a core are two different, two separate processes. The warranty is you file a claim, like if you're a dealer distributor, if it's a dealer, you go through the OEM process. And then if, if it's aftermarket or service part warranty, you can file online with a Horton warranty, you know, hortonww.com backslash warranty and file a claim online. But that's a whole separate process than, if there there is a if you're sending it in and it's a replacing it with a reman and it's under like a service part warranty like say you put it on and there was something that went wrong with it in the first you know in two years out it goes back to warranty but when the warranty is accepted you will also be issued a core credit along with the warranty credit and, and that if it's rejected, then the part will be returned back to the customer so that they'll have the core at that point. I think that's what he's getting at, that the yep. warranty is separate and then the core is just sent in through its core and it talks about it in the instructions on the service part and, and where and how to send it in. But warranty, it's a totally separate process than the core process. Sure, yeah, and like Dale said, warranty information in the form you fill out for that is at hortonww.com slash warranty. Um, and then the, the core piece of it is, is completely separate. As always, if you have any questions, um, as Dale mentioned, you know, hit up your local rep, um, hit up local regional manager. If you're not sure who your rep is, you can go to hortonww.com slash reps and click on wherever you're at on, on the map. 
and uh, there's contact information for all of Horton's reps right there. I believe that is all the questions we've got, and I really appreciate everybody asking them. Uh, turned into a really good, I, we hope, informative conversation today. Um, so lastly, yeah, keep an eye out for our next webinar talking about viscous driven fan drives. If you have any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out. Um, but we really appreciate everybody taking the time. If you want to connect more, uh, feel free to visit hortonww.com. You can hit us up on YouTube. Today's meeting, I should have mentioned off the top, has been recorded and will be sent out if you need to watch it back. That'll be on, available on YouTube as well. Um, we're also on Facebook and LinkedIn, so feel free to connect uh, with Horton as well as Dale and or Matt on that front as well. Hope everybody's staying safe and business is off to a good start here in 2021, and we'll look forward to connecting with you soon. Dale and Matt, thank you guys for, for taking so much time today. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks everyone. Yeah, thank you. They were great questions. Yeah, great questions. We hope you enjoyed today's engine cooling podcast. Thanks to Matt Stahl and Dale Johnson for joining us and you for listening in. Be sure to subscribe. Give us a good review if you feel so inclined. And be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcast, as well as YouTube, hortonww.com, and Facebook and LinkedIn. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon.